to Open Mind UFO Radio. This is your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I am with Martin A.V. Guru Willis. Wow. I think I was called that before by accident. Yeah, I've teased you, and even on my last live stream, I teased you in that live stream. It's difficult, and things happen, screw-ups, technical issues, because I've had... Slight issues, but they're only slight, no big deal. But I don't think people realize how, how, especially you, in order to put on this exciting show, you know, you got a lot going on there. Yeah, I well, now I have help, so mm-hmm. having help makes it much easier. Help is basically sharing a screen with someone and they're just, you know, doing all the extra work. Mm-hmm. So it's not really that bad, but it is to do it all yourself. You now you know how that is, so. yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. You know what's funny, too, is, um, and I'm sure you've discovered this, is uh, as I've been focusing on doing these live streaming videos, and for everybody, anybody who doesn't know, I'm doing UFO Seriously Live is what it's called. So every Thursday, 6 p.m. Uh, Arizona time, which is currently aligned with Pacific doing live on YouTube. And of course, Martin does his show live on YouTube and doing the research to make sure I got all, everything, you know, uh, together. And, and just so people know, my first one was kind of a trial. Uh, it was still talking with people. It's fun. Second one was similar where not lots of bells and whistles. But this third one, I'm tr- now I'm going to introduce the bells and whistles, you know, some more uh, functionality and where I can show my screen browser screen and be able to show videos and, and stuff like that so I can have it more interactive. But uh, in doing all this research, YouTube is owned by attractive young women. I mean, they're the, all of the biggest channels are these girls doing anything. Uh, a lot of them, of course, are doing makeup, uh, uh, but a lot of them are doing games. Um, and then there's girls that will try on bikinis, and that's like what they do. That's all they do. And those ones have like millions. But what's funny about it is all of these people, you know, these are the people helping other YouTubers. So when you're looking for help on, on how to do things, it's a lot of these people. Uh, and sometimes these girls or these young guys who are doing these gaming videos, they, they will do these tutorials about here's yeah. how I do this and here's how I do that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. It's an interesting world. It is. I think there's like a seven-year-old kid that's making millions of dollars just really? by opening games wow. or opening toys. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, I can see it because supposedly, and from my research, as soon as school is out, that's when YouTube viewership really spikes because wow. it's a lot of kids. And yeah. um, so kids doing stuff for kids, that makes sense how that would get a lot of viewers. 
yeah, yeah. And there's so much uh, being uploaded to YouTube. I heard the statistics at one time. It's something like every, every well, it's probably a lot different than it is now, but it was like every minute, 24 hours worth of film gets uploaded. It's probably much higher than that now. That's probably wow. nothing. I think I heard that a long time ago, actually. Pretty cool. Well, yeah. hopefully people, one, people must, because they're coming and watching our stuff. So hopefully people are enjoying the information that we are imparting. And yeah. I think it's important, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I think it's important because uh, what we're providing is a little bit unique. As UFOs become a more serious topic, at least with the mm -hmm. media and science, um, there aren't a lot of serious outlets for UFO information. So more grounded kind of outlets are getting giving more of kind of the credible uh, information that is more mainstream friendly. There's not a whole lot of that. There's a, there's a lot of real fringy stuff where, you know, people are talking about aliens on Mars and the moon and, and alien, you know, all of this interaction with aliens and all of this stuff. And I'm not saying past the, you know, being judgmental about all of that. I'm just saying that um, there it's a small little space of, of people that are providing the more kind of credible information. And a lot of people that work in the sciences and the more credible side don't share a lot of information. So I think it's important that there are outlets hmm. that are sharing that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's great. And we're like right now, if I were going on YouTube, just for the listener out there, hmm. um, it's basically you go on the YouTube and then search for Open Minds. Is that the channel? Yeah, Open Minds Production is the name uh -huh. of the channel. Open Minds mm -hmm. TV, I think it's uh, the tag you know, for it, the address. And um, yeah, or UFO Seriously, uh, you'll find the new show. And anyone can you know subscribe to that, and you can also get an alert. So like if you have yeah. something coming up, It'll show up, um, I think, you can, Great you know, point. within a certain time. And actually, yeah. this show is going to be on YouTube. So people listening now, just so you know, if you want to be alerted to when shows announce, look down there just under the video and you'll see a little bell. Click that bell and that will alert you so you know that the show's, uh, uh, that the, you know, uh, it'll alert you when new things are posted. Well, I didn't, I didn't comb my hair. I didn't know we are going to be on YouTube. Yeah, uh, just your voice. We'll only oh, have okay, a still good. image, yeah. and unfortunately, you're not in the still in the image, but your name is, because remember that really cool poster someone made of like a comic book of the oh, show? Yes. <laughs> I have that on the uh, thumbnail image that, that is displaying um, when people are listening. I'm actually going to visit that guy. He's in Vienna. Oh, how cool. You're kidding. No, he he lives in Vienna, and he's he's really into UFOs, and... Actually, I hope he's going to be on my show. So um, That is so cool. Well, you have yeah. to say thank you because he, he was really excited. He provides um, graphics once in a while. And uh, I just love that comic book thing that he did. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. He yeah, did he one does, for you too, right? Job. What's that? He did one for Podcast UFO also. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Uh -huh. Super cool. But I guess let's get into uh, the show. Uh, this show I'm very excited about because I've got on Chris Cogswell. Chris, uh, you may remember, actually it's been, well, not too long since we've had him on. Uh, maybe six, seven months or something like that. What was funny is that 
Last time we had him on, he was the brand new director of research for MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. Mm -hmm. And it was like a day or two later that he ended up resigning. It was literally days after the interview. But uh, he still has a podcast, um, The Mad Scientist, that he does. And he's really into the paranormal. And he's a PhD in chemical engineering. And he actually... um, um, does he's like a, I can't remember where though I should have asked him. Um, I think it's the Northeastern University. Uh, I believe that's right. I know yeah. he went to UNH. Um, yeah, University of New Hampshire and got his philosophy, uh, some type of degree yeah. in philosophy. Philosophy first. and chemical engineering. So interesting. What a combo. And now yeah. he's a like a adjunct professor or a professor. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that. I, I had him on my show. Him. That's the only reason I know anything <laughs> yeah. about him. I had him on a little while ago. But here's what we talked about. We talked about this new Adam project because I know he had, um, uh, he he had a lot to say about uh, the metamaterials that allegedly this, this ATIP has, and then he and uh, this group, you know, the Elizondo's research mm-hmm. group and and Bigelow's group had. And um, and so with this Adam project to obtain these materials and to analyze them, I wanted to hear his thoughts and to talk about someone educated in this arena to to shed some more light and insight into all of all of the details on how the mechanics of this sort of thing would work. And when I did ask him, he was real excited because he has a lot of emotion attached to it, some frustrations that he wanted mm. to share. And uh, so mm-hmm. we get into that. So it's kind of fun because I think we just attach emotion to people who are excited about this field. And, and that's what it was. So, And I want to make sure that people understand that I'm trying to look at this from all angles. I'm just not some you know, to the stars. I love those guys. I think what they're doing is amazing and incredible and I'm a huge cheerleader for them. But at the same time, you know, I'm a critical thinker and, and I I want to bring all sides to the audiences. So I want to make sure that we're also scrutinizing the material as much as possible as well. Um, and I think it's okay. it, ultimately it's helpful for them, hopefully, because, you know, it, it, it shows what people's thoughts are and, and um, and maybe brings things to light that they haven't thought of because Cogswell is a great mind in this field and he had some really, really good input. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. I like him. So that's the show today. Uh, that's the interview coming up in a minute. But before that, let's do some UFO news. What you got, Willis? Well, uh, well, I'd like to talk about only because uh, I was kind of in this email thread about this. Hmm. And the title, this is in USA Today um, online, uh, the title to this article is, Is This a UFO Flying Over North Carolina? Question mark. Bam, bam, bam. No, Goodyear Blimp says. That is definitely us. And uh, so th- if anyone saw this video was going around, and matter of fact, like I said, I was on a, a thread with a bunch of different people chiming in about this. And um, it's about a minute long. And it shows a uh, a craft. You can definitely see a craft. Now, right away, the first thing that was suspicious to, you know, when I was looking at it is uh, the shaking. Um, this guy, I, I was, I don't want to say that he was purposely shaking, but um, the video is very shaky. And because of that, 
uh, right away, I thought, well, this is just a little over the top. Um, and you can see, and uh, Mark D'Antonio chimed in on this too, and uh, I, I, right away I said, I think it's a blimp, and I think he's shaking purposely. <laughs> hmm. um, but uh, uh, Mark chimed in, Mark D'Antonio, and said, uh, yes, uh, uh, I agree. Uh, this It's at an angle, which blimps often do. Now, I've seen... Uh, I've seen blimps are quite amazing, actually, to see in the sky. I mean, I don't know um, if you've seen many of them, but they are quite amazing. Oh, I amazing. have, yes, and they yeah. are amazing. You're right. Yeah, but so if you shake the video around a little bit, you know, you shake the camera around a little bit, um, and you can't quite focus on it, you know, it does look like a disc or a cigar-shaped craft. Um, but anyway... Um, so he's panning back and forth, and the co- the commenter is uh, uh, also criticized here in the article. <laughs> and uh, some people are calling it a hoax, but I don't know. You know, it, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe uh, I'll try to anyway. Uh, maybe he just didn't see it well enough and shut off the camera and noticed it was a blimp later. But anyway, he did post a video, and I guess it went kind of viral, I would say it had. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, I think... I think what is happening here, though, is that there's so many more eyes out there looking for the real thing ever since, you know, these, you know, ever since the new UFO era uh, post uh, December 16th, uh, 2017, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like more people are taking this seriously, more people are looking. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't need these type of videos to, to go viral. It's kind of a shame in a way. But, uh, but anyway, Goodyear uh, did, you know, chime in and said, you know, this is ours. That was us. So, yeah. Yeah, we've anyway. got one at least. Uh, I think it's during the um, big golf game out here. What the uh, – it's, like it's like the highest attended annual PGA um, golf tournament. And uh, – the something waste open, waste management open. It's like literally the trash people sponsor it now. Yeah, it is. It's the waste management Phoenix Open. Yeah, PGA exactly. Yeah. And so they have some blimps for that. And, you know, from out here or from out, at least the Open Minds office, we used to have an office in Tempe, Arizona, which is south of there. Yep. And you would look over the, the cool Papagos Mountains, these neat, rocky, like little hills, really. And over that, you would see this blimp, and uh, there's this one that's really long and skinny and gray, and so it looks, you know, like this giant saucer out there. It feels like Independence Day when you see this thing, and when you catch it out of the glimpse, you you know, almost every year I catch a catch a glimpse, and you know, you take the do the double take because you're like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, and then you realize, you know, there's there's the blimp again, but they look extraordinary when they're they're up like that, so. I could see how someone might be mistaken for a little while and take some video and post it. And then I can also see how it would be fun to do that, too, you know, to. um, So, yeah, kind of funny. But, yeah, unfortunately, that one turned out to be a blimp. And I don't know. You know, there's going to be misidentifications. And I guess that's the thing is that, you know, more often than not, most sightings are going to be mistaken identities. Yeah. Yeah, I I was in uh, Boston Commons uh, about two years ago, and a blimp was going 
overhead, and you know how slow they go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in a place where there was a lot of trees in the in the park, and uh, I got my camera out and wanted to video it. Of course, I wasn't going to try to hoax or anything, but I mean just to video it. And you know that that sucker got away from me, <laughs> even though it's going that slow. It's still by the time you get your camera, you know, yeah. your phone out. And you get you click on your app for you know video, and then you click video instead of photo, and get all ready to go. Yeah. You know you wouldn't have much time to you know. There's a lot of people complaining that, oh, how come you know everyone in the world has a cell phone and there aren't any really good you know UFO videos? Well, you know, try to get your phone ready. And um, if I couldn't do it with a blimp, you know, a lot of uh, UFOs are moving a lot faster than a blimp. Mm-hmm. So I can see why people can't film them. Yeah, you know, um, exactly, and I, like, these ones that we're talking about, that'll happen with me even, I'll think, you know, maybe I should grab my camera or something and get a picture, and then they're gone. I mean, they move slowly, but you don't need much time for something to get out of sight, and if it's far away like that, then, and it gets behind something, then it's harder to find, so I know exactly what you mean, my friend, kind of funny. Mm Mm-hmm. So, other stuff going on in the news. You know, we didn't even talk about this, but this is kind of an interesting story related to um, the uh, ATIP A-SWAP ASAP group. So, essentially, this government Pentagon group looking into UFOs. So, some researchers, and one of those... Being, um, let me look up. I know Paul Dean was in this group. You know that group with Paul Dean looking at this stuff? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Robert. He's, uh, the document. Yeah. The for documents. Roger yeah. Glassell found this also. Um, but essentially, it was just a note from an April uh, 2018, um, or as a blog post, I guess, dated in June. June 28, 2018, in the new U.S. Congressional Hearings, titled, New U.S. Congressional Hearings on UFOs, question mark. And it shows that there have been people um, gathering information uh, to possibly have a congressional um, hearings on the UFOs. This, this document, I should say, is from Congress. Wow. So they found it in the U.S. Congressional Record. Okay, wow. Isn't that something? That these guys were um, uh, about oh. ATIP and about the gathering of, of information. Um, so what this demonstrates uh, is just that there there seems to be some conversation in Congress uh, regarding you know, this New York Times story and Elizondo and all the things that they've claimed and probably Fravor and all of the Nimitz uh, event and all of this. So, I mean, it shows, and I've been trying to to stress this, uh, you know, unfortunately, when you go to a lot of these blogs, there's a lot of critics of, of the Pentagon Project and everything and people calling yes. in to question some of their claims, such as mm-hmm. whether the DOD released the videos and, and all of this, and they're, they're kind of calling the whole thing into question and um what i'm trying to explain is that you know and i think people don't get it it depends on who says something expert opinion is very important and if you have um for instance 
Major Harris, who was a spokesperson for the DOD, said, we didn't release those videos. You would think that would be important. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what is confusing people. Well, she's a major and she's with the DOD. Well, you know what? She's a major with the DOD. But when you're talking about Elizondo, who was at the Pentagon, or Steve Justice, who was a department, you know, deputy um, uh, to uh, the Defense Intelligence um, and, and some of these others, they outrank this major big time. And the people mm-hmm. they're working with outrank them. Uh, all of the people, their colleagues outrank this major. So, I mean, that is why the media and Congress and other people are taking um, Elizondo and others, a part of the TTSA people's words so seriously. They are very high-level people. And so there is um, a gap there, and there's a difference. And that's why people are taking these people seriously. And also, the NY, uh, New York Times vetted all of that stuff. They said they saw documents proving everything that these guys had said. Not only that, you have Harry Reid, uh, who is also very, very high level, for goodness sakes. He was a mm-hmm. minority leader of the Congress, meaning he was one of the few major leaders of Congress. So that's that's the difference. And that's why, luckily, you know, at these higher levels, um, people are taking their word very much seriously, and they don't place as much... Um, uh, importance to the DOD's claims that they didn't release the videos as many skeptics and others in the UFO community are doing. So, um, as I'm sorry, as people are wasting their time questioning this stuff and looking around here, you know, other more exciting things are going on, and this document proves that. So, yeah, that's an interesting development. It is. Um, a, um, a lot of people could, uh, if they wanted to, could check it out um, on a website called UFOs-Science scientificresearch.blogspot.com. Let me, let me make it easier for people. <laughs> they can just see it on the front page of openminds.tv. That's true, and just click the link. <laughs> yeah, so right on, under the UFO headlines, you'll see that. Of course, those change, headlines will be changing. And so people know, I used to do daily headlines, and I've got so much writing and other stuff to do that I just don't have time to do that daily. So what I'm going to try to do is do it maybe biweekly, um, or uh, weekly. And what I think, if I do it bi-weekly, I'll do it on Monday and Thursday because I definitely want to do it before my live show. So I'm definitely going to post them on Thursdays and I'll try to do it Monday and Thursday so that um, prior to each show, there's some new headlines up there. But you know what? I can't touch it now because people need to see the headline we just talked about. So I won't touch this until (laughs) until Thursday, I guess. Yeah, take take a little time off. And I want to remind people, though, they can go to the Open Mind UFO group if you want daily headline updates and UFO news updates. Every day, the Open Minds UFO News Group on Facebook, that's where the po- the stories are posted on a daily basis. So go to the Open Minds UFO News Group. It's a closed group. Just ask to join and we'll add you. It's just closed so we can kick out buttheads. <laughs> yeah, and I get the notifications on that. It's very active. Yeah, very active. Lots of – I think it's the best source for up-to-date UFO news personally um, yeah. out there. So – Credible mainstream UFO news. You know, we don't we try not to post the real goofy crap, just uh, really serious stuff. So, plus, there's a lot of weighing in from, yeah, you know, some cool people, people that are take it serious. Yeah. 
All yeah, right. So stuff. we got 40 seconds left. All right. Anything more to say? Well, no, but I do find it interesting that, you know, one of the titles on that page I just mentioned is Pentagon UFO study catches the attention of Congress. That's basically what you were talking about, right? Yeah. So that's that's the story that I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is quite amazing, isn't it? Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, really I think, think that's important. It. Yeah. Who knows what another year will be? Yeah. Yep. All right. Some changes. So good job on that. Fine, guys. Uh, and uh, I guess we're out of time. So we'll come back from this commercial and we'll be talking to Chris Cogswell. Thank you so much, Martin of Podcast uh, UFO. I almost call it Podcast Willis for joining us with the news. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Uh, but we'll be yeah. right back after this short break. I'm happy to welcome back to the show, Chris Coxwell. How you doing? Hey, doing well. Doing well. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us also, because I know you're moving this weekend and you're right in the middle of it. That's why you're on your cell phone, uh, but you sound fine. And, and again, thank you for taking the time to do this. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm mm-hmm. always, uh, always happy to be on with you. So when I told you what I wanted to talk about, which was this Adam project, um, it seemed that what came across in your email was a bit of frustration. Yes. <laughs> I think that is an accurate way to describe it. Please, please explain what frustrates you uh, about all of this. So it, the, to the Stars Academy seems to represent a really amazing chance for some really good analysis to start being done on, on physical evidence of uh, UFOs of unidentified objects, right? Whatever, whatever you want to call them, UFOs, UAPs, whatever. But the way that it's being handled is very, it's too media savvy for my liking. It, it, It kind of, it rubs me the wrong way. You know, I mean, if uh, as a as someone who did material science research, uh, you know, who considers themselves to be scientifically uh, minded and trained and inclined, you know, uh, this would be like if before I even ran my experiments, I came out and said, we have this amazing thing going on and look at how great it's going to be. And everybody, you know, everybody holds your breath until we find something really great. You know, um, it's, the chances of it going well are are minimal. Even if we think that To the Stars is really above board and doing everything correctly and they're running the right tests and people in charge of the stuff know what they're doing and, and all that other stuff, the chances of this ex- of, of this test coming up with anything conclusive is still, you know, in the realm of 1% maybe. That's even being very generous it's extremely unlikely that we'll get anything like a smoking gun from this. And so just like with everything else with to the stars, you know, this feels very much like the UFO community putting all of their eggs into this one basket that, you know, is on a roller coaster with, you know, with no protection, no padding, no anything. 
And we're just kind of hoping, all of us are hoping that it'll make it through the loop-de-loop without an egg falling out and exploding on the ground. You know what I mean? It, 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 it just seems so, uh, so dangerous. And, you know, regardless of your feelings on groups like, you know, MUFON and, and shows like Ancient Aliens or whatever, the one thing you can't argue against is that they have done a lot to increase public perception of the UFO question and also in some ways, you know, with more and more people coming out and being level-headed about this kind of stuff, the public's acceptance of UFOs as a real event has increased dramatically over time. You know, to the point where myself as a, a young scientist starting out his career isn't afraid to come on shows like this and talk and say that I'm interested in this stuff. So to put all of our hopes and put all of that work in the hands of relative newcomers who in the past and those that have been involved in the past have not necessarily had the best track record with results. Uh, it's just oh, it's so scary to me and it's frustrating. And I, I just, I'm very worried. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I can, I think I can sense where your frustration is coming from, um, which I think is valid because I, I, I hold my own concerns, um, but I think there's also some indications, uh, some things that we might be able to glean, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you, uh, see what your thoughts are on some of this, from, from some of the things that they've said. However, I would argue that these individuals, these individuals have been working on this stuff probably since, uh, at least a, a large amount of them, maybe even since you were in diapers, um, oh, absolutely. So, the, well, so, so they're the, not novices to the field, and that's an interesting no, aspect. That's, that's not, yeah, and that's and that's kind of not what I'm glad. I'm glad you pointed that out. That's not really what I'm trying to say there about them being. Well, let uh, me see if I get this well, right. What you are saying, though, and I do agree with you here, that yeah, although that is the case, there seems to be a high level of naivete. Yes, and specifically that the people surrounding this whole event are, I think, in some in some ways, it's just it just seems it's not being done with the same kind of scientific rigor and transparency that would be done with a with another more valid, say, uh, scientific analysis. And so, when people start throwing around names, um, like say Hal Pudoff and you know, some of the other folks that are involved with this, um, it makes me wonder, how, you know, how much credibility will this even have once it's finished? Mm-hmm. Right? Let's say they do find something. Let's say they find something amazing. Right? Where, where is it going to be published? Mm-hmm. Who is going to take that analysis seriously? Right? It's a bigger yeah. question than, it's a bigger question than just, do we find something good, right? Unfortunately, science is, I would say, you know, 75% results and 25% kind of pedigree. And, you know, are you the right, are you doing the right kind of science? And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of politics involved with science in that kind of way. And so it's the same kind of, uh, it's the same fear I have with any of this kind of stuff where all of this media attention around it, all of this kind of blowing it up as something bigger than it might end up being, you know, the YouTube videos, the press releases that are strange, all of it is very odd. And I think setting themselves up for failure, uh, which is not great. And so the, and the one, 
newcomer, the person that I was referencing as the newcomer, and the per- frankly, the person that being someone that was in, uh, I don't know, in middle school when he was when he was really at his peak fame is Tom DeLonge. You know, uh, I'm a little concerned that he might be being taken for a ride. You know, I I'm not in sure what way. That, so the money that he's shelling out for this and he's attaching his name to this thing and whatever. And he's trusting that the people that he's working with are all, uh, all have the, they all have the ability to deliver on the promises that they're making to the public. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that they are or that they, they can deliver. And then on top of that too, there is the ever hanging question of the involvement of Robert Bigelow. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily hidden uh, on the To the Stars Academy page lists uh, lists Bigelow's right hand man as one of their one of their main members, mm-hmm. right? So it's a it's it's not uh, even if again it's all done above board and, and wonderfully and whatever. I think they're surrounding themselves with with people that will just just from pure politics, just from the pure. Uh, kind of way that the UFO research has been done in the past, um, I think they're setting themselves up for a lot of questions from from folks, both within the UFO community and without it. Mm-hmm. See, now, now my perspective, for better or worse, is I don't really care, to be honest, about the UFO community much um, sure. as far as, as output. Because um, to be well, they they've had the ball in their court for for decades and haven't gotten many places. And unfortunately, they're not. The rigor is so important, you know. Um, and and I think you have a genuine concern there. Um, and and so, uh, but again, they, at least there's a group kind of that are with their feet on the ground. They're the ones who who know best kind of what's going on and the history uh, when it comes to the UFO community. But when you come back, um, I think here's here's what I I, I see um, because I see all these issues. In fact, I I sent Elizondo uh, an email of my concerns and and um uh, and he you know had a little bit of conversation with him on that and, and because here's here's where I see it and it. You're right. I think you're right that it's not being handled like a normal kind of scientific uh, exploration would be handled uh, from a scientific organization like uh, a university or something like that. But uh, how put of and and his group are are a minority. The scientists are actually a minority in the group. But he has mostly worked for government agencies, and a lot of the people involved are are people who have worked with government agencies, and I think they're handling things more like a government agency, and certainly government agencies are not known for transparency. Sure, and that's I think that's probably a valid point. Right? And, I, and then when it comes to the press, you've got Tom DeLonge, who is kind of bombastic, a bit right and so you know it's funny actually one of my frustrations with the uh, with the whole thing so far actually has been the inability to find information about the projects that some of these folks that are on this uh, board or what have you have worked on in the past Mm -hmm. right um what are their publications where have they been publishing in what journals right um you know what 
uh, just a, a CV or a resume or something. Um, that information is available out there, but it takes some digging to find, right? And so, it again, it from a from the perspective of someone who's looking at this with the hope that it will be done as a scientific sort of study, it smacks of the kind of red flags that come up when something seems to be um, not not false necessarily or a hoax or anything else like that, but mishandled or the chances of something coming out strangely or, or, you know, not really working the way you think they should uh, and results not being able to be replicated and what have you, you know, uh, that's, that's kind of up there for me. My, my alarm bells are kind of ringing. So yeah, I, again, I am infinitely hopeful. I Mm -hmm. would love if they find something great, but you know, the history of groups testing supposed UFO materials has not been wonderful in the past. Right. And the all of the the information that I've been able to, to find out and hear about the kind of words and the testing and whatever that they're talking about make it sound like they don't necessarily know what they're... They're using buzzwords that, that make me nervous, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. frank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that they struggle. So I, here's the thing: is I think this has been kind of the problem from for a while. Is that the the organization seems a bit schizophrenic in that you have these kind of very disparate um, points of view and and perspectives, and no one kind of overall voice. So you have rock star rock star Tom DeLong, who was the first to kind of speak about the whole project and his goal to begin with. And of course he was really out there. I mean, science and, and, and more rigorous kind of, of research was kind of out the window. He, he was very speculative and, and very, uh, not really talking about his sources. So you had this really wild stuff, which has been shut down since December. He's no longer, you know, he hasn't yeah. done an interview since then because, you know, I think they realized, uh Oh Tom, you know, that's kind of undermining right. our <laughs> credibility. <laughs> Then you have these government agencies who don't say a lot. And, you know, even in the past, when it comes to UFO data, some of these people were with an organization called UFO Data. And they released a press release. Leslie Kane did a story in Huffington Post. It made a lot of news, but we never got anything from those guys again. Um, and, and so not much happened there. And, and so you have the kind of this government agency faction and then you do have the science faction um and you know what's interesting now that you bring up Bigelow is a lot of these guys did work for Bigelow um a lot of the papers that Bigelow put together are difficult to find I have some of them but um Bigelow's group is very secretive and almost ran kind of like a government agency as well yeah and well and that's the whole I mean again though it's it's, I mean, I, I, I find it to be, uh, I always, I always get a blast out of, you know, going on the UFO Facebook groups and seeing what people are yelling about today. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I, I love it because they will be, you know, the same person will post, you know, first an hour ago, they'll post, they had posted something about, you know, Oh, Robert Bigelow infiltrated these groups and he's, you know, he's selling secrets, stealing stuff, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, 10 minutes later, we'll post, oh, to the stars is going to do it. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. What is going to happen when these people start putting the, putting the dots together? You know, it's, yeah, it is. Um, 
I've written an article on this. Well, I've written several on it, but I've got one that's coming out um, in the next Den of Geek uh, magazine where I really spell it all out, you know, and uh, for the... And where this all came from and how this group is essentially a continuation of, of the Bigelow group. Almost every one of these, if not every one of them, um, worked with Bigelow when he was doing his investigations. Absolutely. And so, and again, it's, that's, and that's where I'm saying it's a, it's a group of folks who have kind of promised a lot in the past and then have not necessarily delivered what we'd like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe the best, maybe the best thing to come from, uh, you know, assuming that it's any good from the Skinwalker Ranch investigation will be a TV show or a movie, whatever, whatever the heck they're doing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. We got a good book out of it. We got an interesting book and, you know, kind of it changed the conversation on the UFO question, but it didn't really change it any more than any of other, a dozen other stories that could have come out that would have been just as speculative and uh, almost, you know, just, uh, the difference between it being real and science fiction is negligible because there is no proof either way. Mm-hmm. So, um, and again, it's, it's this bigger question of, you know, the UFO community in the past has put a lot of, uh, a lot of hope in groups with government agents and people coming out from there and then seemingly saying this time we're going to do it right. We're really going to do it. And then you find out six months later, oh, there's a, you know, there's the, uh, there's the memo that said, that says, you know, we're just going to, we're going to shut all this down. We're just going to prove that it's false. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, you know, it's not to get too conspiratorial, yeah. but, but it, if it's not done transparently, if it's not done out in the open, there's always that threat. And then on top of that, you have a group of folks who have not delivered in the past. And so it's, I just want people to be more, I guess, or I hope that people will be more measured in their response, whatever comes out of this, because if it's real, if they find out that this stuff is from space, because that's, that's another question. I mean, we're going to get into that, but yeah, we definitely will. Finding out that it's from space is different than finding out that it's been engineered, right? (laughs) That it's been put together by an intelligent race somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so if they find either of those, it will be considered a big deal, but they might also find that within the margin of error, it's not, it's not that case, right? They can't say for certain, um, you yeah. know, it's all at this point, we don't know enough to be putting out all these, uh, press releases and wacky things, you know, speaking, speaking about the press releases, this has been, this drove me wild when it first came out. There was that the initial press release from to the stars on project Adam, Mm-hmm. announced it as if it was a brand new collaboration with this group earth tech mm. right mm-hmm. we, have, we have this new group coming on board well that's 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 the group that's been with them since the beginning yeah you know it's uh it's not new it's, it's not new at all it's although you know, it's not um, formally i mean pudoff has been yeah with to the stars from the beginning it's Earth Tech is his organization that he runs. It's not just him by himself. Um, and not all the individuals wow. in Earth Tech are, are part of TTSA, uh, which is To the Stars Academy, the Tom DeLonge group for uh, my listeners. know I talk about it every week. But, um, but yeah, this is the first formal. But you're right. It does. It it seems as though hey, this you know this new this organization that's a credible organization that does the 
works on defense contracts and all of these other contracts with these companies is coming on board when, well, you kind of had the guy who runs that organization part of your group all the, already. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, to me, it kind of, it kind of feels like, uh, I mean, I made kind of a tongue in cheek Facebook, you know, post where I said that, you know, oh, the, uh, you know, the mad scientist podcast will now be formally collaborating with Cogswell incorporated, you know, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know That's like it's, we're doing it, we're putting out a press release. It's going to be wonderful. That you know, is really it's, funny. Uh, again, it's, it's this, it's this whole thing about it. It just looks like, and again, not to be too, I guess, uh, not to, push the point home too hard but the ufo community has been made to look stupid in the past this is the kind of stuff that makes us look stupid. well it's not it's here's not what right. i would argue though here's where i'm gonna i'm gonna defend them a bit in that sure. i think it's looking through them uh, uh, through the wrong glasses too the ufo community makes themselves look foolish all the time 90 percent of, oh, of the output is is foolishness <laughs> But, um, and not only that, in a way, I feel like, and I, I would like to hear your defense, you're kind of blaming to the stars because you UFO people are setting their expectations too high. Um, you're kind of, you know what I mean there? Absolutely. So I would say, so yeah, I 100% agree. I think that uh, a big part of this lies, a big part of the problem with this lies in the people believing let's say the myth around to the stars that's starting to build but i would argue just like in the same way where um you know uh i don't know to me it's almost a, it's almost the same way that someone is claiming that you know i have this supplement that'll cure your it'll cure all your diseases it'll fix everything whatever and then at the very end of the commercial you know the, some guy comes on and says super duper quickly you know this this has not been you know this has not been approved by the FDA and the, we're not making any claims that will cure anything or whatever right like they're yeah. they're putting those vibes out there they're the ones putting out these press releases they're the ones putting out this information um you know it is not it is not their fault how people take those but I do think that they could be more careful um, and more measured with how they're putting this stuff out there and I mean listen easiest thing in the world is before you have evidence in hand or before you have the proof in hand, don't make any claims at all. You right. Know? Right. Just, just don't say anything. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care. I don't need updates constantly that, Oh, we, we brought the material to Texas. Look at how cool this is. Right. Like, okay, you got it there. That's wonderful. Maybe that'll make a wonderful documentary when it's all over and you found something. But until then, why, you know, why are you hyping it up? What if it's nothing? Then it, it just, it, it's, it's setting themselves up for failure. And that's why it makes me question if it does come out to be nothing, then what do they do? Yeah. Right. They've set themselves up now, that if it is nothing, well, they're, they're, you know, they're out to pasture, right? Like, what are they going to do then? Yeah. I um, think I'm not so, I'm not so certain. We've only got a couple minutes. And when it comes to the science, that's where, you know, it really comes to, are they setting themselves up to failure? And, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, once we come back from the break, but um, because that bar of proving they have something anomalous is so high, and, and you'll know best, and we'll talk about that. But one more red flag that we brought up is, is like you said, the output. Um, and that was the biggest red flag and my biggest concern for them. I was like, I think you guys need to spell out what your plan is 
on how to convey this information and that you have a commitment to convey this information to the public once your analysis are complete. You know, you have to uh, not assume that everybody knows you're going to be transparent. If you truly want to be transparent, you got to let people know that. Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, it comes down, I mean, this is kind of a problem that's common throughout the sciences at the moment, and it's really starting to bite kind of the community, uh, you know, it's come back to bite us because the focus has always been on publishing positive results, right? Experiments that worked, um, never publishing failures, never publishing things that were, you know, refutations of other people's papers, you know, you just kind of let the paper sit and then get disproven by other positive results. Well, in this case, where they've now set themselves up with, we're doing this experiment, a non-answer, we're not, not telling the, the public what their results are, um, is just not, it's not going to be adequate. You know, yeah. they, they're going to have to at least, if, if they find nothing, they're going to have to come out and say, based on our analysis, you know, we, didn't, we don't think that this is anything of interest, yeah. and this is why. That's a that's really why, good again, point. We're out of time, so we got to get to our break, yep. but I think you have an excellent point there. Um, we'll be right back. You're listening to Open Mind GFO Radio. Uh, those of you listening on KGRA will hear uh, some commercials, and those of you listening to the podcast will have a short musical interlude, but we'll be right back with Chris Cogswell. Welcome back to Open Mind GFO Radio. I'm your host, Alejandro Rojas, and we are here with Chris, and we're having an energetic, because I think this is a just a topic that both of you and I are so passionate about, because it's the potential mm-hmm. for, um, you know, actually providing some scientific proof of something anomalous, and we'll get into, that's, that's a lot more difficult than it sounds, but um, another defense uh, for this group is that at least this exists. I mean, in the past, especially someone who's been in this field for a long time, who has been presented with materials that are allegedly anomalous, then going out and finding people to do the analysis, people to fund the analysis, people to um, you know look at the data and have an expert opinion on the, the data provided after something's been analyzed – is really hard to come by. So at least mm-hmm. that's one thing that that's good about this. At least there's a place to go to. The problem is, is after all of these years, we've really never run across anything. Yeah. So, uh, so first off, to, to your first point, it is it is a challenge finding. You know, let's let's not be uh, let's not be naive here about any of these experiments, right? They cost money to run. 
they're not they're not necessarily simple tests uh, most of them and they're not things that you can you know they're not things that you can just bring to any uh, lab and say well we'll test this right it, it requires mm-hmm. um it requires a place that does material analysis specifically and probably uh, nanomaterial analysis uh more particularly Right, at least that's what that's what my kind of biases would lean towards it being if it was going to be engineered in any way. Now, the other aspect of this that is not easy, like you said, is finding experts to credibly uh, analyze the results once you get them. Right, that is on its own a difficult thing, um, you know. But uh, but there's there are people out there that'll do that kind of stuff. You know, what I mean, hey, if you got a uh, if you've got analysis of material, you think it's from a UFO. Send it my way. I'd love to take a look, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, um, but anyways, the fact that there is a group out there doing this is interesting. That is very good. I think. And the fact that it was, I, I hope honestly, the fact that it was accepted. So, uh, relatively openly right by the general public and the fact that, you know, regardless of the results of this stuff, anytime people like Elizondo or, um, you know, anytime anyone with kind of a, uh, let's say a pedigree where we expect them to be serious and uh, investigative and, you know what I mean, people that we consider to be trustworthy, anytime a person like that comes out and says, uh, I, I think there's something to this question, that's that's good. You know what I mean? That that helps the, the, the effort regardless. Mm-hmm. So and I think the, the I positive... Uh, to answer your other question is that these guys then they have the pedigree to use your term, which is a great term um, to be taken seriously when they do present results. Absolutely. And so that's where the, that's kind of where I think, uh, I don't think you can argue that they've done some good. You know what I mean? I think, I think definitely some positives have come out of this. I'm just, uh, I'm just a warrior. You yeah. know, I'm the, I'm the kind of person where, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't stop celebrating until you know the trophy is in hand and I'm at home. Well, you know? you, you <laughs> so, understand the lengths that they're going to have to go to to prove something better than most as well. Now, before we get into just what a high, how difficult it will be for them. Um, one interesting thing they put in the QA, because it seems like, you know, their first press release was very short, three or four paragraphs. So there was a lot of questions people have. So about a week later, they came out with a Q&A with about five or six questions. One of them was extraordinary, though. It seems that, and this is weird, they said uh, one of the questions they want to analyze is if this material whatever material they find will help them answer questions about space-time manipulation. And it's like, what? That's something like, you know, some crazy UFO dude would say. But with these guys, you know, we, we may be assuming they're they're more naive than they actually are. I mean, could it be um, that they believe uh, they've already found material that is anomalous that has met this high bar, but that analysis, you know, is, is owned by the DOD and not being released yet. Well, so, uh, so based on, uh, based on Pudoff's research and kind of some of the papers that I have been able to find about the two, the stars, um, the, you know, the group working for them, one of their main focuses is on uh, zero point energy kind of stuff, right? 
Um, for listeners that don't know, zero-point energy is the idea that at the vacuum state, so uh, at the point where there should be almost no, or there should be no atomic movement um, or, or movement of, of any kind, right? so close to zero Kelvin, um, or within a vacuum, a perfect vacuum, a perfect area of no uh, parent energy or entropy or anything, you can pull energy somehow from some other unknown reservoir. And that this perhaps could be a method for uh, propulsion and stuff like that through space. That has been a hotly debated topic in the theoretical physics community to some extent. It is widely regarded as being pseudoscience. Um, but the idea is that uh, you can use things like, say, the Casimir effect or uh, other interesting kind of uh, things that people have observed at very, very low energy states um, that uh, potentially you could use that to create almost something like a perpetual motion machine. That's kind of where the idea is, right? Um, but again, uh, a lot of physicists would argue that that is a, a general misunderstanding of thermodynamics or, or uh, an error in their thinking. So to me, the fact that that is where they're pointing towards or hinting at is not at all to me. Uh, I mean, it's interesting that they said it, but I think it, it makes perfect sense given their background, mm -hmm. um, given the, the further background of their uh, research efforts in the past, right? The idea would be something, what it would appear to me to be, uh, would be that this material in some way can pull energy from either the uh, zero point state, wherever, however that might be defined or exist or whatever, or that this energy can in some way um, be anti-gravitational and so then it can it can provide uh things like easier uh ability to travel because you don't have as much as much weight to push against or you can manipulate gravity or whatever mm -hmm. it, it you know it's kind of it, it's kind of like uh i don't know I, I don't even know i don't even have an analogy that works for how big of a jump it is between those two things well right um and that's what I guess um, I mean in that it either by including that comment, they're either um, indicating that they already have made some groundwork where they, they believe that maybe they have, they're on the verge of evidence, or at least they have maybe this material they, they did have as part of a tip you know allegedly they had have this meta material um that they find anomalous in some way but uh you know all that analysis belongs to the DOD so we don't have access to any of that but um so either they they found something that that moves them in that direction or you know for lack of a better word it's kind of sloppy to be so speculative um they they probably shouldn't have gone there Unless they have something. No, I think, mm -hmm. I, I think it's edging. I think I agree with you. I think it's, well, I don't know if, I don't know which of the two options you think is true, but I'll say, I think it's edging towards sloppiness. Mm -hmm. um, that's my own personal take, right? Um, it's kind of a pattern of, of pushing the envelope to speculative when they should be waiting. And I'll put, I'll put it this way, right? If they have a material of some kind that can, uh, that can manipulate uh, gravity or it can manipulate space time or whatever, however they want to say it, right? They, there would be no more need for any energy company in the, in the universe, right? We would in theory have access to 
energy that is so minimally costly, so cheap that you would not need to, you would never need to even think about where to harvest energy from again. We mm-hmm. can shut down every single plant, every single power plant in the, in the, in the world. Right. So, See, and some people will probably be saying, of course they have that. We know they have it. They're just hiding it. And one side of me would think that – okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say, and so my question to those people would be, whenever in history has someone in power who develops a way to overcome all of their enemies, when have they decided, "Um, you know, I'm not going to use that. It's unfair. (laughs) I mean, it reminds me of those silly stories about, you know – when the British and French would fight, uh, you know, with, with uh, the, you know, the, the, the British didn't want to use crossbows because they thought it was unfair or they thought it was, un, it was yeah. unsportsmanlike. It was unmanly to fight with crossbows. And so then, you know, they wouldn't and they'd just get decimated. They got right? annihilated. I, well, yeah, and the other it's, problem it's a, with it is, is if they did discover something like that with this program, Elizondo's big problem was is that, you know, ATIP and this whole, you know, the, the UFO issue was not being taken seriously enough. Um, if they had found something like that, it would have been taken seriously, um, but it wasn't. Yeah. So that indicates maybe they didn't find something as incredible as that. And, and if that's the case, then, yeah, it, it's that is is kind of concerning that they would go there because it's making an assumption and it's demonstrating that perhaps there's there's a bias there Um before they even get to, to studying anything. But, okay, when when we talk about that material, um, the New York Times called it a metal alloy. And uh, the first time I talked to Elizondo and we did the interview for the UFO Congress, he, he emphasized to me um, that it, it, they got that wrong. It's not a metal alloy. It's a metamaterial. What's the difference? Okay, so an alloy is just a mixture of different metal elements metallic elements i should say they're actually transition metals right so it's a mixture like a simple mixture just like you would mix a uh, you know you would mix two liquids together right imagine you mix two um, molten metals together and then they harden into a final metal uh, material that mm-hmm. is what an alloy is right a metamaterial and there's different there's different kinds of alloys. It gets it gets more complicated than that. But the basic idea of an alloy is that it, like I said, it is a it's still a metallic solid. So uh, all the electrons are shared freely uh, throughout them. And uh, ultimately, though, it is like a solid mixture of uh, transition metal elements. So things like iron, uh, platinum, tin, copper, zinc, whatever. Um, oftentimes, carbon as well uh, for strengthening purposes. Now, a metamaterial suggests that it is a material composed of engineered portions for a specific purpose. So uh, the definition of metamaterial is a little bit up in the air, but the way that I would understand it is um, uh, something that is not, it's not one continuous phase of matter. So it's not just like, you know, an alloy is all just one big brick of metal. Even if at the nanoscale it has little islands, let's say, of higher concentration of one metal versus the other or different crystal phases or whatever, a metamaterial is something that has been engineered specifically to have uh, a geometric, uh, like a, a pattern to it that affords it some kind of 
uh, special property or, or, or interesting property. So mm-hmm. I guess a good example of this in some ways maybe um, would be that a metamaterial is composed of multiple different material, materials, individual material phases for a specific purpose. So it would be important to, uh, you know, if we're to prove something is is from somewhere else, that it is manufactured, that is a meta, meta material or something that is manufactured. But how would you prove that it is not manufactured here on Earth? Um, and is that even possible? So there are, there's two questions there, mm-hmm. right? The first question is, is it from Earth? Or is it, is it possible to be made from Earth? Um, and then the second question is, was it engineered? In terms of if it's from Earth or not, there are, uh, there are things, right? So the, the one that has come up in the past in the UFO community has been isotopic ratios. That's not, it's a good way of knowing, but it's not the best way of knowing, right? Uh, but one option would be finding a crystal phase, finding a crystal structure that has never existed on the planet Earth before. Hmm. Right. Um, that would be something that if they found it would, would have to have been engineered by someone somewhere. Right. Um, in, in theory, at least, you know, I mean, there's always the chance that they dug it up out of a mine somewhere or something. And the hard part is, you know, we, we've found asteroids that are from what they, you know, very, 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 very far away. And there, there's just news this week. And it turns out that it's very similar to what you find here on Earth. A lot of the times it will be similar, but there still will be crystal structures hmm. that are not. So um, you would expect, so the way that a crystal forms, right, the way that a solid material forms, uh, let's just stick with crystals for a second, right? Because if, if it's what's known as an amorphous material, a material that has no crystal structure, then uh, there are still ways to tell if it's been engineered or not, but it's it's more challenging. It's a, it's more of a tricky question, right? But uh, the way that crystals form, at least in a lab, let's say, or, or even in the ground or whatever, is that you have uh, you have all of your materials present that need to be part of that crystal, and then they will nucleate, which means that they will form uh, almost like seeds, right? They'll they'll form an area uh, where two elements or a couple of atoms or whatever form together into a packet that then basically can be connected to other similar packets to build your overall structure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, that nucleation is really where the thermodynamics of the system matter. And then also the ability of that nucleation to then actually finally crystallize into a solid that also depends on the temperature and the pressure and, uh, you know, the thermodynamic state of that mixture itself. I guess... There are some thermodynamics... Mm-hmm. There are some states that can't be achieved on Earth or just don't aren't normally achieved on Earth. That would mm-hmm. require a, a pressure reactor or... You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if they came out with something that, oh, look, you know, this has this special crystal structure and it's composed of these elements and, you know, the only way that this forms and this, the only place we've ever, ever found this before is in labs where they're making it specifically, well, then that's very interesting, right? Uh, where do they get it from? That's, that's, that's a good question there. Mm-hmm. But if they just come out and say, well, we have this rock and, you know, it's similar to stuff on Earth and it 
got the same isotope ratios and stuff on Earth and whatever, you know, that's that's weaker, right? That's 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 probably not from something interesting. So, well, you know, um, but you, uh huh. No, I was gonna say, but you had a question, so go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say what gives me hope is that I mean, what you're explaining and what you're getting into are, are kind of the details of of this type of things that. Um, skeptics or, of course, other scientists will look at in order to check their work should they claim something is is yeah. anomalous. And at least what gives me some hope is that Gary Nolan uh, is also a part of TTSA, and um, he is from Stanford, and uh, mm-hmm. his thing is DNA and, and um, I think biology, but uh, and the chemistry of uh, that end of chemistry, but. He has certainly um, been more careful, and he's worked with more scientists when it comes to all of these alleged alien bodies that he has, yeah. um, which is rare and which is actually, I think, really cool. He's made an effort to investigate those. Um, and, of course, the UFO community or the people that bring it to him say, oh, you're lying when he figures out their they're uh, human, but uh, he's inevitably wor- they're mummies, right? Yeah, inevitably they're mummies, uh, humans, and and uh, but at least he has done the work to do to figure out what it is, and then um, he's worked with other scientific organizations that have come to check the work and also look at it, and uh, so at least you know they have people who uh, understand the scrutiny that their um, claims will be go under. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so, and the thing, the thing that I would say for people too, like the, the nitty gritty of it sounds very complicated and everything. Right. And I mean, it is complicated, but just think for yourself, if someone brought you something and they said to you, well, this is, uh, I want to know if this is engineered or if it's not, is this something that someone made to be a certain way? Or is this just something that formed naturally? You would look for specific things. You would look for function. You would look for forms that wouldn't you would not expect to normally form in nature, right? You would look for materials that don't normally go together, and you might look for things like design, right? So coloration, uh, shape, etc., stuff like that, right? Now, assuming it just fell off of a ship or something, you're probably not going to get any of that shape stuff, whatever. But you might still find design. You might still find materials that don't normally go together. You might find function, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it might be something as simple as they show us that, hey, if you if you shine a light on this thing, it, uh, I don't know, you shine a light on this thing and it its volume expands, right? That would be enough for me at least to say that's in, that is something we should look into more, mm-hmm. right? Was that designed or is that a natural property? If it changes volume with temperature, you know what I mean? If it, any of these things would be would be things that we as engineers on earth would design materials for and do design materials to do specifically. And again, so it it doesn't have to be something, it doesn't have to be something really complicated for them to show at least the intent for it to have been designed. Right. Um, But the, the the amount of tests that they're going to have to do to prove that this is the case, you know, um, it's it's going to be significant, and they're going to be tests that they're going to be tests that industry, industrial chemists, industrial engineers, people that have been working for government, whatever, um, you know, no no one scientist is 
perfectly, you know, is the smartest in the field, is the best in the field, whatever. Right? There's folks that are good, but even, you know, um, even if you, you know, with my ginormous ego, right, hmm. if I had to put together a team, if I had to be given a material and say, analyze this, I would get a team together of like 20 scientists to help me do it. Yeah. You know, because I'm gonna, there's stuff that I'm going to miss. There's yeah. stuff that people aren't going to be able to see there. So we're pretty um, much and that's out why of time. The pe- Oh, sure. I was just going to say, that's why the peer review process exists. So Yes, exactly. Yeah, transparency. <laughs> so I, I, my takeaway is, is, is it's awesome that this group uh, exists. Don't get too excited to see any results anytime soon. Um, hopefully, we'll have some in the future. And, uh, and, and really, I, I, and maybe never. Because it's a very tall order, what they're looking to do. Um, so, I, I, I mean, that's my takeaway, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, you know, uh, what's what's the, the saying, right? Uh, plan for the worst, but hope for the best. Exactly. Right? That's what um, I always do. I think got to do that. And I don't mean to bash the UFO community so much, but my point is, and the UFO community has had this problem, you have to rely on expert opinions. And if you get an expert to analyze something to you, you have to take their results for what it is, unless you can get another expert to say otherwise. And you can't expect people to believe you because you think they're wrong because you're not an expert. Right. Not everyone, not every scientist is out to belittle the UFO community. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on again. And, and um, do you have some stuff you want to plug before I, before we go? Sure. Yeah. If you, uh, if you like uh, kind of the sound of my voice and the stuff I'm saying, come <laughs> check me out at the Mad Scientist podcast. Um, you can find it on iTunes, all your podcast apps, Google Play. Um, and of course, the Mad Scientist podcast.com. And also um, doing a uh, doing a monthly show where we kind of discuss and go through the reality of some of these paranormal claims on uh, on a uh, spaced out radio. So go check that out too. It's the uh, second Wednesday of every month. So Mad Scientist Podcast for all that info and uh, on Twitter at Mad Scientist Pod. Well, thank you very much. I like your voice and I like what you have to say. And I'm I'm this has been a lot of fun, just like I thought. I just wish we had two or three more hours to, to talk. Oh, I know. Always, man. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Thank you so much to Chris for joining us on the show. He's such a really cool guy. Of course, he gets way over my head when he gets into the details of the chemistry and the, the chemical, the anatomical makeup of these all of this stuff and everything. But he makes really good points. And I think that that's why I wanted to have him on was that, you know, it's exciting to hear about uh, To the Stars and all of these guys collecting material to research. But that's that's a really, really steep uphill battle because once you have something, you have to demonstrate that it's anomalous and that's really hard. So they have some material they've claimed and the material that they have, they seem this meta material to think that it's something um, special, but it appears because Elizondo says, you know, the DOD didn't take him seriously enough that he wasn't able to convince his superiors that it was something um um, substantial. And of course, you know, people are asking, you say seem and all this stuff. I thought you talked to Elizondo and I do talk to him occasionally. He's hard to, 
to get back and forth, but we do meet up uh, on occasion. And it's just that, you know, there's so many questions. And then also there's a lot that he can't share. So, for example, the actual analysis that happened is uh, he doesn't have that material. And so there's not much he can really share there except to say, and this is, I think, a really important point that people miss is that, you know, these people who did these investigations and a lot of this To The Stars uh, group were heavily skeptics to begin with. And when they say that something is anomalous or that they've analyzed video and or material, you know, you have to take that uh, with a lot. You don't have to take it with as much salt as, as you usually do with normal claims. So it does make their claims more exciting. And it does mean that, uh, you know, there, there's no doubt that this stuff was scrutinized by people who really know what they're doing and have been entrusted with uh, military-grade materials and, and efforts, you know. So so these are no um, goofballs. These guys really, really know what they're doing. So we have to take what they say, uh, I think, uh, to heart. But at the same time, with having very little information, it's hard to get too excited with no information to get excited about. So I guess it's just a wait and see. And, uh, you know, like Chris talks about, there's a, there's a lot that of steps to go through. There's a lot that has to be done to actually prove something is mysterious or anomalous or constructed by an extraterrestrial civilization. But at least somebody's looking, so who knows? <clears throat> Maybe that's what it takes. It's just someone looking and taking it seriously to find something. So we'll keep a very close eye on this and, of course, let you all know uh, when we discover anything. But check out the Mad Scientist podcast. Check out all of Chris's stuff. Uh, really entertaining. A lot of fun. Educational. Science-based. I uh, can't say enough about uh, what a great guy Chris is. So, uh, so happy to have him on the show to talk about this topic. Otherwise, other things going on, I want to let you all know that uh, this is good news for you all, is that I've kind of been able to refocus on UFOs. So that's good, but it does mean I'll need a little bit of your help. And, you know, to be honest, I've asked for this kind of help in the past, and but that's okay. Um, I like to, like I always say, you know, I like to give you something material, something that you can get your hands on. I like to offer people something that they can purchase or something like that. However, a lot of people, and it's very popular, especially for podcasts and, and things like this, to, to do this thing called Patreon and then and to ask for donations and for patrons. And so uh, I've created a Patreon site. I'll have the link here in the show notes, uh, the link you can find. Well, you'll be able to find it on the videos and everything, or if you go to Patreon and look up Alejandro Rojas. It's under my name because, uh, you know, it helps support everything I do, especially uh, the UFO stuff. So, you know, if you can go there and support me, it really does help because it helps me, especially because I'm someone who freelances. Uh, you know, I don't have to uh, seek, uh, you know, jobs elsewhere that take me away from the stuff that you all like and that you all appreciate. Uh, so I would very much appreciate it if you can go, you know, Check out the Patreon and consider um, patronizing and helping me keep all of this going and helping me focus on all of this UFO and science and space stuff that you all love so much. 
and uh, having if, if you do that, then I can do more to get information out, such as my live videos. So this is really cool. Uh, I we've talked about it before. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, but on YouTube uh, at the Open Minds Production page every Thursday evening, six p.m. Arizona time. Currently, we're aligned with Pacific. Every week, I'm going to be doing this live show, and it takes as long as it takes. If we need to talk for, you know, 20 minutes, and we'll just talk for 20 minutes, but if there's a lot of information to convey, like there has, or there's a lot of questions in the chat, then it can go longer. I think the last couple I've done have even gone over an hour, but uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's a way for us to interact, too, and for me to get to some of your questions. Um, So check that out out. I'm going to be doing podcasts more regularly. And really with this focus, you know, trying to um, essentially, you know, make this more of of a job for me where I can um, make some money at it and then keep going because there's always so such exciting things going on. So this month, I'm really not doing any traveling or meeting with people, but next month I will be. And, you know, most of the time, as you all know, I do that. July was a super busy time for me out and about. And, you know, and that's one of the things that made me think is I was out there and and meeting people. And, uh, you know, if I had a little bit of my equipment with me and was a little more savvy about things, I can get more interviews and more content and more to share with you all. Of course, I did share a lot of stuff in um social media. I did some live uh, videos and stuff like that, and I'll continue to do that. So follow all of my social media. But uh, I just want to keep getting more and more material out because it's a lot of fun. I love to share when I'm doing all of this stuff. I love to share. That's what journalism is all about, is sharing information and sharing these experiences and sharing the thoughts of of the people that I get access to, astronauts and whatnot, um, because you know, what they're thinking is interesting. And, and this topic at least is opened up enough where I could feel a little more brave, although I've always kind of done this, but a little more brave about asking them about some of this stuff, UFOs and everything. So lots of really cool, exciting things on the horizon um, that I'm planning that we'll keep doing and I'm doing right now. So more podcasts, more videos, more really cool stuff coming out. So uh, along with that, there's also more cool products that we're working on. So if if you go to openminds.tv, you'll be able to see on the right-hand side, you know, where you can get some openminds.tv branded t-shirts and mugs, stuff like that. But also, of course, there's the UFO Congress store uh, link there where there's UFO Congress stuff. And there's more stuff going up there besides just UFO Congress branded stuff, although I think our UFO Congress logos are so cool. I wouldn't get a t-shirt without a UFO Congress logo on it. But let's say you just want an alien. You can get an alien. You can get an alien on your shirt, or you can get a glow-in-the-dark alien on your hat. These trucker hats, they're so popular. It's so funny. We got all these trucker hats because I know people love trucker hats. They didn't sell as well at the Congress, I think, because we have kind of an older age group. But the kids love them. When we go to events, um, like we went to Alien Common in Pasadena, they sold out in a heartbeat. They were like the And these weren't even glow-in-the-dark. It's just the newer ones that are glow-in-the-dark. So uh, they would have sold even quickly, more quickly, uh, had people know, you know, if we had the glow-in-the-dark ones in Pasadena. Otherwise, they just fly. The alien t-shirts fly. People love all of this stuff. So go to the UFO Congress store. Of course, you can find that on the right-hand side at the openminds.tv site, or you can go to ufocongress.com. 
there have been some more questions about the next UFO Congress. Go to ufocongress.com and you'll find all the information about that. Remember, it's going to be in September 2019, so we've still got about a year to go for the next one. But we've got really exciting guests that we're talking to when this lineup comes out. It's going to be an extraordinary lineup. Uh, I'm very, very excited about it. So really cool stuff. Also, when you go to openminds.tv, just want to point out a couple things to you. If you go to the shop, you'll uh, drop down. You'll see all of these options for looking for different stuff you can purchase. Um, But under articles, don't forget there's a drop down there where you can find a bunch more stuff. So sometimes we talk about headlines and stories that that are being posted in the mainstream media or in the media out there. If you go to articles and go to daily UFO headlines, then you're going to be able to just very quickly skim headlines for the last couple months. And, uh, And then if you click to the next page and the next page, you'll see more and more headlines going back for years because Open Mindset.tv has been collecting information for years. So check that out if you're looking for some of the headlines. And of course, uh, that's where I post the UFO Lives and all the other cool stuff that we're doing. And of course, check out Den of Geek. I'm doing a lot of writing for Den of Geek. Some UFO, some space, some science, some uh, entertainment and sci-fi. In fact, uh, I just posted a story there uh, about Jason Clark, an interview I did with Jason Clark, who is one of the producers for Orville. So I'm a huge fan of Orville, uh, which makes sense because I love space, I love sci-fi, uh, and I love comedy. And of course, it's Seth MacFarlane, uh, the guy who makes Family Guy and all kinds of other funny stuff, is the lead in that. And it's a really funny show, and it's also good sci-fi. The special effects and everything are really cool. So I asked Jason um, Clark about, you know, uh, what does he think? Some people have trouble with, you know, is this a comedy? Is this sci-fi? And I got his ideas about why, you know, it makes sense to have humor in the future. I mean, uh, we've always been humorous and uh, most likely uh, we'll have humor in the future as well. And and that's one of the things I connect with because if I was on a spaceship like this, I would be cracking jokes and being the regular goofball that I am. I just can't help it. Another thing I want to talk about is uh, I want to thank listener Matthew Phelan. I hope I'm saying the name right, Phelan maybe. Um, But anyway, he's a writer for Inverse, and I forgot to talk about this before. Um, He posted this in July, and July was just such a crazy month for me. But he wrote this article in Inverse called Aliens on the Moon, Headlines Obscured the Truth About Moon Habitability. And it's really funny because these headlines were way off that had come out, and it was mostly spawned by tabloids. I'm always complaining about the tabloids and the inaccuracies that they have there. So that's what this article is about. It's a great article about how all of this came about. And uh, it's got a quote from me in there. So I definitely appreciate appreciate that. But uh, it's a really fun, great article. You guys should check out. Again, you can see that in the headlines. Um, I've also posted it everywhere. And... Um, you know, I'm posting headlines on openminds.tv weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, uh, or no, weekly, sometimes twice a week is what I mean. Um, but 
You can see them daily if you go to the Open Minds UFO News Group in Facebook. That's the Open Minds UFO News Group. It's closed, but that's to keep the trollers out. All you have to do is ask to join, and then we'll let you in. So no problem. So I think that is everything. Uh, I talked about the UFO Live, uh, and I've got plans for more shows coming up. So yeah, so that's everything. Of course, we've gone a little long because we had so much to talk about. If you're listening to the podcast, that's no big deal because I can go as long as I want. But we are limited in time on KGRA. So with any luck, they won't have to clip the end of the show off. But either way, thank you all so much for listening. I want to thank, of course, Martin Willis of Podcast UFO for joining us with the news. I want to thank Caleb Hanks for the opening and close music. Oh, that reminds me, if you recognize the name Hanks, yes, Caleb is Micah Hanks' brother. Micah Hanks also does a podcast and does stuff about UFOs and the paranormal. He's going to be joining us at the Devil's Tower. So next month, there's a Devil's Tower uh, UFO event, just like there was last year. Uh, I'll be speaking there. Karen uh, Brard, the owner of the UFO Congress, is going to be speaking there. That's very exciting, uh, especially because I feel that uh, she's just uh, one of the most intelligent and beautiful uh, people in the UFO field. She's making funny faces because she's right here. But it's true. I wouldn't be um, hanging out with her just about all the time if that wasn't the case. But um, So that's going to be a lot of fun. Lee Spiegel will be there. Mark D'Antonio. Um, I just saw that Chris O'Brien is going to be there. So these are all great friends of mine. It's going to be, it's so beautiful out there. And I'm going to get some great interviews with the Devil's Tower in the background. I'm so excited. So this will be a lot of fun. So go look up the Devil's Tower UFO event if you want to join us there or learn more about it. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see um, Caleb's brother Micah there. Hopefully Caleb will be there. Caleb is an excellent musician, by the way. And if you go to the um, uh, the Open Minds UFO radio page at openminds.tv, you'll see a link where you can find out more about Caleb and his music because sometimes I get these messages and people are like, where did you get that music, man? It's awesome. And uh, that's where I got it, Caleb Hanks. And it is awesome. I love it. In fact, this album that he created that includes some of this music that I play, I listen to sometimes uh, because I think his music is really, really good. So check that out. Also, the bumper music was made by a friend, a guy named Systematics. I think you can find him on SoundCloud. I haven't been able to find him anymore. So if you're out there, I know he, you used to be a listener. You know, send me a line and let me know what you're up to, Mr. Systematics. But uh, that's where the bumper music comes from. Otherwise, I want to, of course, thank you, the listener. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your support. It's, it's, you know, when I started doing these live videos, we've got a ton of people in there. And you know what's great is that we've got a lot of like-minded people. There are There is a community, a large community, and I think maybe even larger community of people who want to take a serious look that, you know, at the UFO phenomena. What's the evidence? What do we know? What, what kind of, you know, what have the military guys uh, seen or experienced? You know, what are the hard, tangible things we can get? our hands on besides just kind of speculation 
and unproven type of stuff. Now, and I'm not saying that stuff isn't interesting, and if that's your thing, cool. But there's still a place, and it's and you know there there needs to be at least uh, somebody looking at this other more credible stuff, so that we can uh, because I think this is where we make more progress getting mainstream science and media into this topic and taking a look and seeing that you know there's something really interesting here, and and there is we prove that every week with our great guests so. We'll have another great guest next week. And until next time, adios, muchachos.